This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on General Elections 2019. The participants are K. S. Sachidanand Murthy, political analyst, and K. V. Prasad, journalist. Preparations to constitute the 17th Lok Sabha has begun, with the Election Commission announcing the dates of polls for the general elections starting from April 11th till May 19th. the country would be riveted to see as to what kind of campaign would of course undergo and then people will be voting for electing the new government mr murthy the much awaited poll schedule came out last evening and since then people are just analyzing as to the election schedule itself is over seven phases which the chief election commission did mention yesterday that from the previous nine it has now been curtailed to seven but there have been some changes while 22 states and uts will go across in one single phase states like uttar pradesh bihar and west bengal will be spread over the seven phases first and foremost if you look at the scheduling and the kind of uh, interpretation that has led to what is your initial assessment you know as the chief election commissioner made it clear in his press conference i think this whole scheduling was devised uh, taking into consideration several factors but he was very much emphasizing on the availability of uh, central paramilitary forces i think that is where he was suggesting that the forces available have to be very judiciously managed and also because of the national security situation on the border with pakistan so the full complement which was available say 5 years ago may not be available for rapid deployment that's why in these large states of uttar pradesh bihar and bengal which are both large and populous i think the staggering has been much more even maharashtra there is much more staggering compared to the earlier elections i think because uttar pradesh bihar are very criminal infested a lot of high incidence of crimes and more candidates have criminal records in these two states than other states so i think all these factors have come into play and though extremist violence in bengal has come down still it's a very sensitive state for various other reasons so so i think taking all that into consideration they have worked out the schedule but which again as you said nine phases have come down to seven but otherwise if you look at the overall breadth of the election schedule of 68 days and 74 days to the counting date is to the last three general elections which were held in the summer months while we we'll come to some of the details which the election commission announced over the last many years the election commission has been human service and improving and innovating as the elections come both in the national elections and also the state assembly elections and we have seen some new steps being announced by the chief election commission when he said for the first time candidates since you mentioned criminal antecedents mm-hmm. earlier we had the supreme court directed affidavits to come in which declare then we have the assets and liabilities but this had been also been expanded and this time we are told the criminal people with records will have to publish thrice both on television and in newspapers so that people are aware of the background which would lead to an informed voter making a choice more clear the move towards transparency which began with the supreme court order on declaring assets and liabilities of candidates movable and immovable assets uh, so that was the first step then came the details of criminal record now how do you disperse it because you have to depend on journalists or ngos sourcing the election commission or the returning officers office and getting the details but now the public will get to know what are the cases filed what is and then it is for the candidates during their campaigning to explain what exactly are these cases why are they facing these cases and also it is for the opposing candidates to expose the criminal record 
or criminal cases against their opponents. So I think this is one more step towards transparency and dissemination of both negative and positive information. Yeah, electoral because reform. Because a candidate can say that I have no criminal record, I have no criminal cases against me, which also you can use it for positive campaigning. And uh, part of the much needed electoral reform that the continue we all keep engaging in. Moving on, one more issue which is very pertinent and uh, we've been seeing the use of social media ever since the last elections onwards it has been deployed in a major way by both the national parties and their leaders and candidates. And this is only expected to be accentuated, more greater deployment by everybody. Yet the election commission has included cost of social media is overall expenditure because that's something important because how do you check the kind of money that is being used? I think social media was again something a new phenomenon for the commission itself, for the country itself, when it was widely used in the last elections. So many people could not realize that it involves huge budgets, it involves large team of paid and unpaid workers and buying of social media space, all these were there. So I think that realization dawned on the commission immediately after the 2014 general elections because when several people expressed their concern that while you have a limitation on electoral expenses for print and television advertising and outside publicity campaign material, but social media costs are hidden, are not brought into the ambit of the other thing. And also the commission's own income auditors were drawn mainly from the income tax department they pointed out that there were large payments which were made by political parties for social media management and there were many hidden layers, many shell companies and other things. So I think the commission had a task force on this. They also called all these major social media operators for discussions. They have got written agreements with them. So I think they have moved forward on this. But again, how much craftily, cannily people can use social media? I don't think anybody has got the, knows the full extent of it. Of course, we'll see as we go along. At the urging of the election commission to add, some of these social media companies themselves have issued guidelines. Look, you cannot use our platforms for spreading hate, for spreading false rumors or all these things are there. So, they also are putting up their own firewalls to prevent this. They are blocking several suspicious users of the social media. Yeah. Added to it is the paid news. Of course, which we've seen again for the last many years, more than a decade or so, paid news is couch and as journalists we've all been speaking against such abhorrent practice. And I think the commission has mentioned that it has set up district and state level committees to monitor and also to take suomoto cognizance of such an instance. How successful do you think commission has been since the past experience? I think the commission ever since the last general elections and the assembly elections that followed in 2014 has been effective in monitoring their committees are because they are receiving complaints, investigating as you know, a former chief minister of Maharashtra was prosecuted for paid news and by the commission. So there have been many instances of this. Media houses have been doing, and the press council of India has also been brought into the loop so that it can use its powers to caution and uh, censure media. And paid news is a issue which is being tackled, but then. Again, money can go in different ways. I mean, one of the biggest problems now is money which comes in through electoral bonds. And now the election commission has no control on the source of funds which political parties get. 
So it can monitor their expenditure, but the source of funds which come into it under the election commission rules, they have to publish their annual accounts, give file their returns to the commission and all that. But the source of funding is still remains a challenge and the chief election commissioner while announcing the election schedule said while the menace of booth capturing has been by and large tackled, the money menace has not yet been tackled and he gave instances of the seizure of cash and other things. So money is still a big thing to be tackled during yeah, In fact, I think one of the innovations they've suggested is a mobile application wherein people can file their complaints about illegal money exchange of hands of money transfers and so on and so forth, both in the public mode and also in the undetected mode where a complainant may not like to be identified with the source information. I think the commission has taken some steps, but as you rightly pointed out, people find innovative methods to ensure that the money that is needed to keep the things in a different manner will continue to work on it. But one more issue, Chief Election Commission did talk about eco-friendly campaign material, which I think again was a new kind of thing. He says, as everybody is conscious of environment and degradation that causes through use of material which could be cannot be destructed over a period of time. I think this is a new and sensitive method that people are wanting to take it forward. Election Commission has been eco-friendly in its own ways because when it clamped down on expenses, it brought down the money which is used for campaign material, flex boards, posters and others. And then it, it advised the returning officers and the police to take action against those who indiscriminately plaster walls with paper, posters and other things. So, I think there has been a move towards that, but this time it has been much more, much stronger. The sensitivity of the Commission for Environmental Damage and use of very dangerous material in election campaigns, which are abandoned by candidates and parties after the elections are over. That's a challenge again, and I think as the country remains in the Swachh Bharat mode, all these will have to, because cleanliness is an ongoing process. One more important and significant fact is almost one crore plus new voters, the first time enrollers. So that's a new, always a good thing to look at for a democracy, that young ones are eager to come and vote. The last time there was a big surge in the voter number was when the voting age was lowered from 21 to 18. That was a tragic on this time. Yeah. Now... Again, this time there's a huge enrollment of new voters, which means the various campaigns have worked out. Also, citizen awareness, because you see a lot of people are saying, oh, my name is not there. How come I voted in four elections? I voted in three elections. And also people would normally wait till the day of polling to go to the polling booth. And, and then the if name. their name is not there, they'll grumble and curse and come back. But now people are taking advance to three months, four months before. Okay, is my name is there? And also it's because voter rolls are available Online. Online. That's a big innovation. And also that they have created the platform, National Voter Service yes. Platform, and which actually yeah. allows people to check and also yes. submit corrections and Correct. whatever. That's one yeah. aspect of it. But one of the biggest challenges always worldwide in democracies has been to get the young to vote. And I think this is something which, again, one would wait and see when the campaign unrolls. And for the young people have realized they have a greater stake in democracy and democratic in the functioning of the government. But then it's a two-way affair. How the election itself, how the issues are framed, how the candidates and the campaigners and the political parties address and reach out to the youngsters. So which will make them come out. I mean, there have been some apprehensions that the elections are being staggered with holidays in some city states and especially in major cities. So which could mean that uh, the young people who are salaried, who are working for 
they may educated people may go out on long holidays and would not be there to vote but i don't think that it will be a very big number who will drop out because it depends on the kind of interest the election campaign evoke because we have seen this happen also earlier also when there were holidays but when the electoral contest was fierce people did forsake their holidays or cut it short came and voted i mean there were instances in the past when a major incident there was a surge of anger but a little later the metropolis behaved in a different manner in terms of voting percentages but of course that is a thing of past but if you look at the overall election poll preparedness is something that has been going on as you said the electoral rolls continue to be revised and updated and we were told till you actually go for the polling day you can keep on submitting the thing but overall if you see the preparation this is a huge gigantic task in terms of number 543 constituencies the length and breadth of the country the kind of security situations it's quite a task if you look at the as you said there are 900 million voters but as the election commission has said this task also involves 11 million electoral staff who are involved in the elections so managing them networking them ensuring that everybody delivers as per schedules and all but also we have the paper trail this time maybe better than yeah. expanded to all constituencies everywhere so which means it can even slow down the counting counting of votes because still we have to await the expert committee report on in how many polling booths yeah because the demand has been 50% yeah, yeah, of the votes yeah, should be so counted whether so. the dual counting means it will even more than the double the time it because i remember previous when we used to have paper ballots voting would continue counting would almost for 2 to 3 days four assembly elections will be held in andhra pradesh arunachal sikkim and odisha but the one which was most people were wanting to look at is jammu Kashmir that yeah. has been announced because there's security but of course even Anantnag Lok Sabha is having three phases so the election commission took a conscious decision not to go for the state assembly election i think in jammu and kashmir though the political parties were all willing and all that but the administrative constraints were very important because one of the things again the chief election commission stress was that a security for individual candidates both in lok sabha and assembly elections was a gigantic task because the candidates means they have to be freely moving around the entire constituency which means providing them security throughout the constituency for the whole campaigning period was a big task so that is the kind of security challenges the commission was confronted with and it had no other option but he has said that we'll take a decision on the assembly election very soon may 23rd onwards the country will be waiting to see the constitution of the 17th lok sabha and the new government it voted for thank you very much thank you You were listening to a discussion on General Elections 2019. The participants were K. S. Sachidanand Murthy, political analyst, and K. V. Prasad, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. 